hello, this is Kerry from Precision Shooter, and hello, you are... <laughs> Nick Fisher from uh, Sparrowhawk. <laughs> yeah. Excellent, there we go. So, uh, yeah, lads listening in, um, either live or afterwards, this is sort of just me. I figured we'd better... We didn't have one last week because guys were sort of getting ready for the roar and heading away, so I figured we'd have sort of a mid-roar general catch-up on... Um, Typing, uh, on whatever really comes up, I suppose, any hunting that's been done or planned or um, as I was, I, it was quite good that you're here, Nick, because, yeah, there's another subject I was talking to Sam about earlier that's relevant, very relevant to both of us and um, you've certainly got the experience in it as well. So, but, yeah, uh, first things first, man, you've been hunting, pest controlling? What's been, what's on the on the shooting front? You got anything done? Um, yeah, we're always pest controlling and uh, this that's time true. of year we're, Yes, time of year the um, on the uh, game park side we're into management bucks. Yep. Um, yeah, now that all the bucks are easy to find, it's easy to do the assessments on them and see who's got uh, who's got the right genes and who needs trimmed. And, and do you do you really differentiate these days, or even bother trying to between say pest control or management bucks and actually hunting? Like, is it a different thing for you? Is it like do you go bush hunt or does it all just blur into one. It's all pretty much the same. Yeah, I don't really hunt as such. Um, yeah, I don't think I've got any trophies on my walls or anything. It's always been a. It's always yeah. been either for food or for some or setting somebody else up. Yeah. Um, I did have some trophies there for a while, but uh, in the myriad of house moves I've done, they've either been acquired by somebody that needed them more than me, or or they've uh, or they've been broken. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and the rest I've put in other people's cars and sent them away with them. So yeah, yeah, no, it's and it's. I mean, the, the concept doesn't change whether you're um, hunting it for a management purpose or whether you're just hunting it for personal. So yeah, just as, just as flighty. Um, well, it's which is going to tie in because I mean, one of the subjects we're going to be talking about to, or I'd like to talk a bit about tonight is thermals, and obviously there's the the limitations that you have on um, public land and stuff with thermals, electronic devices as well, and you know, I suppose for a lot of people there is that line between going up with thermals and dropping animals in the dark, which is really culling, pest control, whatever you want, and and hunting, but. You get back to what is what is the definition of hunting, you know, and everyone's it's a slight well, not sliding, it's a personal thing as to what we seem to set our own limitations around what is a hunt, um, and what is just yeah, culling or harvesting is a term I see used a bit in America as well. We harvested an animal. Um Yeah, I guess the um the PC brigade will be able to pick apart the language at their leisure. Um the end of the day we're um it's all hunting because it's yeah, you gotta track it down mm. um and i guess i'm not even worried about the pc brigade mate i'm just yeah. worried you just look at some of the local I, sites is that we we do it enough to ourselves anyway so like, i guess the key difference is that for hunting you're taking a lot more note of the condition of the animal the age of it um you know, is it is it uh, the hunters are after the best condition, whereas the when we're doing pest control and culling, mm. um, we're either categorising them by um, is it the target species? In which case, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, it's going down. And for management, yeah, you spend a lot more time looking at the age, the damage of it, its potential. Um, is it something that remains in the gene pool? Yeah. Um, 
is it going to grow the herd? Is it going to have the, um, or is it going to cause uh, cause issues down the line? Mm. Uh, yeah, the I mean, this, you've even got to sort of discriminate between um, just because it hasn't got a very nice head. Is it are the genetics still there? Like, has it got that head because it damaged its crown when it was young? Yeah, uh, did it damage it in velvet? Um, yes, yeah, so you're looking spending a lot more time getting to know the animal better. Mm. Um, as opposed to just hauling in there and harvesting, um, yeah. And if you if you're hungry and uh, hunting for your own uh, for your own um, kai, then it's uh, then you spend a lot more time looking at the condition. Mm. Uh, sure well, uh, it was something that came up recently. I don't have an answer to this because there was, there's obviously there is more talk now of of. Um, game animal management and hunters getting involved in a in a sort of the conservation or the thinking of you know leaving those smaller uh, bucks and stags to let them grow into bigger trophies and everything like that but i can also appreciate if it's your first animal or the fridge is empty your motivation to leave that animal that one animal you might see because it's going to be bigger in a couple of years obviously is a is a sliding thing so you know, I think people just need to be aware of you've been doing it for a long enough that you've got those trophies on the wall and you've got a fridge full of meat. Well, you've also got to remember there's guys who don't and they want anything that is, or pretty much anything that is presented to them, they're probably going to take a shot at, you know? Well, that's through management. Management's quite a, uh, I mean, hunters are probably one of the most important environmental management tools. Agreed. Um, because they're, they're out there, that most of them live it, they understand the environment. They understand what it is they're looking at, um, and generally uh, they'll likes of uh, with the tars, a tar and that we've always been encouraging. You know, you'll get your trophy tar, but you'll take. Uh, I think the Drop last trip, yeah, yeah, the last trip I did, I got my my first ever um, bull tar um, after setting everybody else up with ones over the years. Um, but I finally took one for myself, and then yeah, on that same trip we got eleven nannies. So yeah, it was. Um, um, shattered by the end of that, actually hauling all of them out. But, um, well, because it seems it almost seems counterintuitive, but I think it's the case that that often for a lot of these places, what's required is actually more animals taken out of the herd, not necessarily less. And and this is it's counter because people are like no more animals are always going to be better, but it's like no, it's it's the quality of the animals, it's the the age and quality of the environment which creates quality in the animals, and it's it's a bigger thing than just going well if there's more of them out there because we're shooting less of them then it's better it's like no it's not that simple it's not you, getting into competition with food and, they, and that's yeah. where you get uh, a lot of um scrawny and, and a lot of ill health creeping in they um yeah it's a it depends on the species net too the um like some wallabies a prime example um it's just yeah the They've got away from it because the hunters have been um, uh, probably responsible for ninety percent of the cull work on on the wallabies. Um, but it comes to environmental too. So the last around this area anyway, the last four years have been very mild winters um, in comparison to the the decade before that. Yeah. Um, so with conditions so good, they just keep breeding. And mm. so, yeah, you leave them alone, they'll double in population roughly every year. <laughs> well, we talked about this in part before as well with the wallabies. I mean, up living in Auckland, you don't hear most people just like 
wallabies, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah, like serious issue, serious pest level yeah. issue down there. And I saw something maybe a month ago, I think it was Forest and Bird, did a, they mentioned something about the wallaby, maybe in the Rotorua Tauranga area, rather, it wasn't even South Island. I'm like, well, I'm glad you're catching up to the fact that these things to be an issue, but talk anyone, talk to anyone from down in that area and they're going to be pointing out that, yeah, the wallabies are quite a bit of an issue, bigger than maybe some of the other things that, that get more publicity. I don't know if are they just not as a charismatic kind of animal that gets the news time or... I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what the the um, uh, the charisma of the animal is. They're a rodent, essentially. Um, but well, you know what I'm. But yeah, yeah, but I have a biased opinion on that. But we there is a lot of. I think it's because there's a lot of work. The uh, like, so for example, we shot three, just over three thousand of them last year, um, mm. and it doesn't even look like we're, we're going to be tracking towards another four thousand this year. Yeah, um, and for the, a lot of farms and that are syndicating. It used to be managed uh, and uh, with a, what they call them? The uh, Wallaby Board. Wallaby Board. Yeah. Mm. Regional areas. And the management for many years was done very successfully under them. Um, and then when it was centralised, the Wallaby Boards were taken off the community and centralised under the government thing. That's where life um, started. You know, that's where the Wallabies gained the upper hand because the, the uh, efficiency of the control mm. was dropped away and then it was essentially disregarded for a number of years um and now they're just waking up to it and starting to throw some money at it yeah um i see there's what 40 uh, 48 million or 50 million that was set aside for it this year um unfortunately they're playing catch up now so their current um their current plan is to build a fence around the containment area. Um, what a wallaby fence looks like, I haven't seen yet. It's <laughs> uh, a containment area, the South Island? Or? Um, <laughs> no, so there's the, there's the accepted, the accepted uh, areas that I think they're covered under the, um, uh, I can't remember which act it is now, yeah. off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, the Waimati area, they've got two zones, there's one in the North Island, one in the South Island. And that was... Um, that was where it was illegal to transport an animal outside of that zone. Serious fines, that's okay. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was forgotten about for many years and now it's become mm. the topic of interest because it's starting to cost serious money yeah. to the economy. Um, it gets it gets above that tipping point and unfortunately yeah. because it's above that tipping point, it means it's much more of a problem than it couldn't have been could have been managed had it, the management carried on. And now they got to play catch up. So yep. yeah, the money they can build a fence, and there's I think they've already stated that there will be none of that money spent inside the containment area. They're just going to mm. use it to mop up the edges. But yeah, the horses bolted on that. Yeah, uh, they need everybody in. Mm. So, Sam, course, how, how are you? I'm good. That? I'm good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> How, how are y'all? <laughs> y'all, y'all's good. How are y'all? <laughs> good man. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think I told you. Oh, I, I to, yeah, I told you I was out shooting. Like I haven't done any raw hunting or anything like that. Set up a rifle or a couple of rifles. That's a little bit quiet because the block I normally shoot on in raw hunting mode. Um, but yeah, did did pest control. So I had a rather late, rather late early morning at the beginning of the week, which is kind of still playing catch up on as well. 
Um, but that was all right. I was trying to what, target what multiple species. species, what uh, species? The, the small birds in the form of chickens. So, chooks. Chooks are pest species, are they? Depends where they are, mate. But yeah, they are mm-hmm. in places. Yeah. Okay. Not not of wallaby grade, uh, obviously, species, but yeah. More control. Well, hang on. Mm-hmm. Control animal needed to be controlled in a certain area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are so, they are they considered dangerous game? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you've ever been charged yeah. by a chicken, you wouldn't have to ask that do question, they, eh? You've obviously they, never. <laughs> is it? Is it? They don't, I'm not they using don't an like, H and H. That's what you mean. They don't. They don't come at you like a bloody um <laughs> like a like a, like a Taiwanese like a, like a Vietnam ping pong show Taiwanese ping pong show or something. Firing eggs at you? No, <laughs> they're not that bad. <laughs> No, no, they're not that bad. <laughs> Is that considered a feast? Pew, pew, pew. You did, Sam. Uh, it's good to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that right. uh, <clears throat> that got me thinking on one of the these subjects, and um, <laughs> yeah, um, so we were running. I was, I was going to Nick beforehand, so we've been running. Uh, thermals or a combination of thermals and traditional non non electronic optics, traditional optics or whatever it was. So it's just been something I'm pondering recently because it's I know you lads both use thermals significantly. Our, our, our extra little challenge has been that it's been fairly urbanized some of the use as well. Um, and yeah, it's just been something I've contemplating because we had a few cases where. Um, you know, you're looking through a thermal, and I was, I was thinking about it, something the size of a deer or a wallaby, there's not a whole lot of stuff that's that same size, but you get down into bird size, and, you know, you're just aware you're after a target species, you're not trying to shoot anything else, and the, the thermal sometimes you're just looking at it, looking at it, and what we were doing is often, yeah, switching, using a thermal handheld to find the thing, and then switching over to a um, traditional optic with basically a spotlight and spotlighting these things as well. Um, That'd be the safest for doing something like that. It seemed to be the safest. What it got me thinking, though, and this has been what I've been sort of having a ponder, is is maybe it's also where the the other alternative of an actual night vision rig comes in instead of spotlight. So basically spotting them with thermals and then switching over to a night vision scope for the actual shooting of it so you can – ID it and see exactly what's going on, albeit without having to shine a torch up into the thing. Yeah, so. but possibly. I mean, um, it's, it's like with all the stuff, quality comes into play. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I've had a, I've had a, a, a night vision, and it wasn't, it wasn't real good. Um, thermal, I uh, found way, way better. But if you, if you, I have used other night visions. They were of a better quality and you know the more newer type ones. Yeah. And yes, they are much better for IDing yeah, the animal. Um there's a big comes in like I know I've I've rang Nick up on the radio when we've been out shooting deer and and there's that many deer and and I said to Nick, Are there any sheep up here? Mm. And he goes, No. And I said, Okay, so they're all deer. Because they, they just they, they, you know, there's so many about and, and it depends, you know, like if, if they might have been shorn sheep, then they'll show up in the thermal quite good. But if they're woolly, you can tell the difference. But if they're shorn, it can sometimes be, you know, I've looked at stuff before and I've gone, I'm pretty sure that's a sheep. And then mm-hmm. I might have a torch and I'll flick a torch on, oh, yeah, it's a freaking sheep. It's not yep. a deer. 
Um, but yeah, I, I've had times where I sat, sat there and I've just, you know, I've had perfect shot, and I've just sat there and waited. I'm like, I'm just not sure, mm. and I've waited and just waited until until they just did something that told me yes, there was a deer. Like the way they kind of jump slightly or one, you know, the way they just act, you can tell, you know, that's a, that's a deer and that's not a sheep. Sheep don't act yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it can be very hard to tell the difference between a deer and a, and a, she- and a shorn, and a shorn sheep. Um, cause you got, you don't have your much in the way of range. So no. obviously your deer's quite a bit bigger, but your range can be a bit of a thing. So you're trying to get size and all that. So yeah, there's a, there's a bit to using the thermal and, experience of knowing what you're looking at i've shot what i thought was a wallaby once go over and it's a bloody possum mm-hmm. sitting up on its on its hind legs with its tail out the back looks just like a wallaby yeah but it was it was probably only maybe 50 meters away and i was thinking it looks like a wallaby there's 100 meters away yeah but depth, depth perception depth, depth yeah. so so hard but it's just just comes down to how you know um that's why i like using the black hot nick doesn't like the black hot as well i I like the black hot because it gives a much more detailed outline of the animal um, mm. than some of the red hot or the, the other the other colours. They don't give you as good a um, silhouette, if you like. So the, this is a question which is I keep thinking I'm going to sit down and write an article on this as well, but I just haven't had the time like so many other things. Thermal, is it actually picking up the heat signature or I've also read it's picking up effectively a radiation level too quick what is it exactly picking up do we know and the other phenomenon which i don't understand is why is it that it doesn't work so well through glass but if you look at yourself at a scope at glass you see your own thermal reflection because it can't be it's not radiating my heat back at me through the glass on the glass what the hell am i saying Nick's the intellectual, I have no idea. I know, that's why when Nick turned up, I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> fantastic, we're going to yes. have a double. Nick, double Nick might know, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. So, yeah. uh, so in, infrared is on the light spectrum, so it's actually a uh, thermal radiation is expressed in the in the far red end section of your, of, your, of your light spectrum. It's outside the visible light, but it's still yeah. a radiated, radiated uh, energy. So yes, you are you are picking up a form of radiation, you're watching yeah. it. Yeah. Um, because it's on that same spectrum as visible light, it acts exactly the same as visible light, which is why you can see it in a mirror. Okay. Um, or off a reflective surface. A, a reflective surface being the yeah. glass. Um, or, yeah, a surface that'll reflect that that wavelength as opposed to absorb it. Um, yeah. Which is also the same reason why thermals are so useless in sunlight up in the high country in tussock, because the tussock's acting like a massive reflective surface and you're basically seeing the sun off it. Gotcha. Um, and what you're seeing uh, this depends on how much you spend on it and which method they use. Yeah. Um, but some of them will um, actually read the, so they'll take it like a pic, like a camera. Others look for the different difference in heat. So um, some of them will pick up like a, a 0.2 degree difference in heat. So they're looking. It's how it gets the contrast. It's looking for the differences in the temperatures. Yep. Um, as opposed to just a straight photograph in the invisible light spectrum, I suppose. Um, I, I mean, there's no doubt, there is no doubt that 
well, I don't know. No, the terms maybe not. You get what you pay for, but there's definitely a scale of, on how well these things work. And I've been lucky to have been the ability to use some of the better gear. And you even even the generation before, before compared to the next generation, you're sort of like, yep, that's that's been a step up as well. You know, um, secrets in the software a lot of the time. Mm. Um, yeah, the uh, and and the refresh rate is a is a key one. Um, yeah. Yeah, if you got uh, if you can get it above thirty hertz, then it's always going to do better than above fifteen hertz. Gotcha. Um, and it seems to have been a pause. It was it sort of went forward in leaps and bounds for a number of years there, and then for the last five years, there's been a bit of a pause. Um, mm. And there's not the huge leaps forward in it. But, um, I, but that's yeah, I, I can see that changing again shortly as we start getting into um, what they call fusion. Um, stuff which is on the horizon um, which looks very interesting so that's where they're fusing the night vision and the thermal stuff together into the same image okay. I saw the yeah. a, a military use don't they a thermal night vision yeah and it's mm. I mean it's out in the market for exorbitant sums of money um, yeah. and it's still on its infancy but in the next three to four years I'd say um, that that'll yeah once they get the get away from the night vision stuff being um with, the, with the intensification tubes and they get into like sort of CMOS chips and stuff like that where they're um, seeing colour at night, which is awesome. Um, so that was that was sort of the leads into my next question because with with if we then talk about night vision, say you look at what the, I don't know, if you call it a civilian night vision or the units that you get where they're talking about a, a digital night vision, is that actually different than the military tube system? Because you um, hear the military yes. talk about t- tubes, whereas... Like yes. the, the high end, therm- well, not the thermians, but the high end pulsars are digital. So it's it's actually quite a different system, isn't it? Yeah. So the um, the Gen One style, the most of the night vision, see with the green hue in it. Yeah. Um, that's using uh, and I'm trying to remember what it is. It's it is a tube of a. Um, uh, it's like a laser in reverse, I suppose. And they, mm. Yeah, they're intensifying uh, the, the so looking uh, through glitter. available light. Yeah, but they're intensifying the available light. Um, whereas your night vision ones are essentially a really sensitive uh, camera. Yeah. Um, and the current ones, like a camera, they take a while. They're quite slow um, because you've got to overexpose to put it with the amount of light that's coming in. Yeah. Um, and as they digitise that and that catches up, then it's all going to race forward and leaps and bounds as well. Mm. Yeah. Because um, you did do... You, see, did you, uh, oh, I was saying, I was just looking yeah. at some of the, the high-end pulsars and you compare what's coming off those through to some of the imagery you see from the military units and you're like, you yeah, know, they're, they're, they're really quite different in regards to the, the speed and the blockiness. And it's a good way of describing it is basically one of them is essentially a, the, the digital systems are just a, extremely overexposing a picture, which brings with it its grain and noise. And if guys understand cameras, you know, ISO, which is sensitivity, um, versus a gas system, which is just doing some, and it's not optical. It's, 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 uh, it's not a gas system. It's actually a vacuum tube that they're using yeah. um, in a phosphorus screen or something, um, yeah. which is why you get that green green thing. But that, that technology has been around since um, Vietnam. So cities, mm. uh, they started playing with that. And that's why you get all the generations up to what about to Gen five or six now. Yep. Um, but now that they're, they're definitely moving towards the um, 
the digital stuff because the tubes are actually quite high maintenance. They do wear mm. out, and they don't like being dropped. I did. Um, I did try. Well, I do have once a um, a laser genetics torch. Have you ever seen them? They're a green torch that you run with a standard scope, mm. and it sends a green. It's like looking through glitter, kind of like a Gen One sort of or Gen. I don't know it's like it's like it's like a it turns a normal day scope to look kind of like you're looking through a, a tube style night yeah. vision, but yeah, the it's it just comes up green. But they do see it because I did use it once and they did they did do notice it. It's a bit like someone trying you know using like the red red torch or a you know green torch. But these were these were a bit different. These laser genetic ones. Uh, I mean, for for our usage case, the by the time we shine a spotlight on these things, don't move anyway. But it's just IDing them for it. They're not going to scamper on it. Yeah. Um, you know, I can appreciate if you're hunt, hunting, or we're back in the term hunting. You know, big animals and stuff where you don't want them to know you're there. It might be different, but I don't know. And the, at the flip side of it as well, I always love the latest gizmo. So you know, I don't think I'm going to be walking around with like night vision goggles on. I don't. Mm. That just doesn't seem to make sense. But I I think. Might be something worth for us playing with is the the idea of yeah thermal to find them and then night vision to shoot them or just a bloody great torch on the side of the firearm and just do it that mm. that way as well. Um, the with o- the, the, only, the wallabies. Only... Sorry, go. Yep. No, with the with the wallabies, I noticed. I noticed the big difference when we cha- when I changed from the torch to the, to the thermal was the. Uh, the difference between, like, if you had a few sitting there, you know, or even one saying you missed your first shot, mm. it would, it wouldn't move. It with the torch, if you missed and it started running and you were trying to follow it in the torch, it would not stop running. I found a lot of the time, mm. um, but with the thermal, they can start running and you can follow and track them with the thermal, and they'll run a couple of meters and then they'll stop and then you get your, your shot and take them out. Um, but if there are multiple there, you can kind of shoot a lot and they don't all really run too far and you're not having to try and find them again in the torch. Um, we Either with the torch or with a handheld thermal, then go back to the torch. Um, it made a hell of a lot quicker and you just, everything sat around a lot longer. I know, mm. you know, especially in bunches. Um, it was a lot well, more effective. They learn a lot yeah. faster with a flashlight. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I was sort of thinking the thing, the other aspect we've got for us is there's a certain, which which is the other thing that appeals, is there a certain level of discretion of not having to use a um, visible light, basically, because we are some areas where if we're in these outskirts or these, the, the green belts, we'll call them, and you've got flashlights going around in the wee hours of the morning, people start wondering what's going on. And it's, it's a, it's a, Thing we have to manage all the time, obviously, is that the level of discretion versus you know not actually trying to hide from people, but kind of hiding from people and not letting them be aware of the what the operations are actually going on. Because you know that's why we're doing it in the wee hours of the morning, not the middle of the day. I mean, uh, there is a bonus with the thermal too. I mean, um, you know, if you work in those areas and you start looking around, I mean, you can see a lot more as far as you know houses, whatever. Yep. You know, in the background, especially I know when I'm doing some of the neighbor stuff. I mean, there's a there's a couple of three houses there, and I have to you know I have to go a certain way around so that I'm always shooting away from 
away from yep. these houses. But yeah, if you're dealing with a torch, if people didn't really know quite what was it. You quite often not, you know, you wouldn't even see them um, with a torch. But yeah, with a thermal, you can see everything to a long way. So mm. um, it picks up all those little things that you know. Well, you know, you can do operations where if you've got, again, what pest control rather than the, the hunt, I and mean, it's appropriate depending on what you're doing. But, yeah, a century with a thermal is also quite good for spotting the stragglers or, you know, the three o'clock in the morning runners or the homeless people and all sorts of stuff that, that are still the other night creatures that are about, you know, because we're not always the only people out there. So, Do you get, do you get night creatures up there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not just me after not having enough sleep for the last <laughs> couple of days. <laughs> mm. Cranking on coffee. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just it's going. No, it does. It does take you out. Um, bloody uh, the guy that I go shooting with. He um, it gets to you know I might I might have a bloody V and V in a chocolate bar, and he he comes out, but he's a bloody big bloody workout guy. And he um, he'll have his porridge, his oatmeal. Maybe chow that down at about at about one o'clock, one to two o'clock. He usually starts into the oatmeal. Yeah, and then he's probably, got his, prote- probably, his protein shake, and he's into that. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> something I'm aware of. The more I do of it, because it turns your nutrition kind of upside down. Because you're suddenly like, oh, we're just going to get a, a quick snack or something on the way over and a coffee. And I normally don't drink, try and drink coffee after midday, but you're like, yeah, I need a coffee to to kind of just keep on the game, you know. Could be worse, man. The guy could be breaking out the pre-workouts or the, you know, jacked or stuff like that. Rip fuel. <laughs> I'll stick. I'll stick to my twelve coffees a day. <laughs> <laughs> Just get some caffeine patches or something. Start running those on your arms. Yeah, I'm a long time addict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nick gets a bit cranky at about oh, about two. He's like, oh, yeah, run out of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> he starts get. Yeah, usually around about two o'clock. He starts to get a bit. Cr- but you kind of get, yeah, about two, you start to get the blues a little bit. By the time you get to about four, um, you kind of get into a second wind. And um, and once the sun starts coming up, it's not so bad. It's not the second wind. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the second thermos by then. Yeah. When you're coming home, when you've been out since about buddy, you know, eight o'clock at night and you're coming home and the wife starts sending a message, where are you? You know, are you taking the kids to school? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, uh, when when will you be home? It's like and it's like six o'clock. I'm like, yeah, I'll be I'll be I'll be home right in an hour. And I'll be home in an hour. I'm just coming down off the hill. Yeah. Yeah, we're like we're I'll be home going, in an hour. Going, I'll check them. We're going to truck. town, yeah. find a hospo bar for yeah. a couple of hours. You know, I mean, there's no point going yeah. to be at this point. Might as well roll through. And then I usually get then I usually get when I pull up and like you taking the kids to school. I hope you wash all the blood off that truck. <laughs> <laughs> it's just disgusting. Look at it. Look at the state it's in. <laughs> I wouldn't know so, you do yeah. have a white truck. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's a white truck. Yeah. Uh, mm. So, yeah. So, that that's all good. I saw, uh, we spoke about this earlier today, but I see you had those Gunworks rifles down there as well. Um, yes, yeah. The the other thing I was going to say as well the the Leopold with uh, Thomas's reticle it's slightly yep. different to the one that I've got in the Minox he did another design which I think you can only get via Gunworks I think they licensed it and just put it in specific. oh they changed a couple of things because um yeah. I did hear the podcast on that there was a couple of things 
that is most people just wouldn't get. So yeah. they modified it slightly. Yeah, it's yeah. a simplified it's, version, and rightly so. It's a, a. I'm still figuring out a few things and, and need to schedule. It's still to got a big puff. Thomas. It's still got a big puff, swirly, whirly wind, and left <laughs> a puff of swirly, swirly wind and right. right. But no, uh, see his 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 original one doesn't doesn't quite point out wind no, left they and put right. That, they put that on there. Yeah, so. I know. But literally, literally a diagram so that people yeah, could tell which way to hold yeah. your wind. And, yeah. yeah, but I I think part of what it is, and I think it's part partly what appeals to his other scope is you could do a lot of it if you just understood your mill markings and your MRA, whatever it is markings, and you could do it in your head, right? It's still just based on mill. His his one's based on mill. But simply mm. sometimes putting that line in there and going high, low, left, right, high wind, low wind, it just stops your brain having to think that little bit extra when you're in the heat of the moment, which I can, yeah. you know, when, you, when you're in time pressure, that's when you make mistakes and they're those stupid, goofy little admin mistakes that, you know, if you can reduce them by having a little wind diagram and left or right, well, so be it. Yeah. So, so no, there, yeah, there's two brand new guns. Um. It was a 300 wind mag, carbon fiber barrel, yeah, proof barreled one, and a uh, steel barreled 6.5 Creedmoor. You reckon the steely steel barreled one is going to come and shoot some long range stuff at some stage? So it'll be interesting to see if he comes to a match. Um, Zion was asking me about about matches mm. and stuff and what we did. So, um, was he is he running factory ammo or is he running the because Gunworks actually do reloads, but I'm picking they wouldn't send him down here. Well, it was it all factory, like it was all factory he had um, with it, but um, you know, he just had some 147s for his PRC, yeah, and he had some, I think it was whatever he could get. I think he managed to get some 180, 195 match 300 win mag ammo. He seemed to only have match ammo with him for hunting, so but um. Uh, he had some 208 grain um, match loads made up, Hornady. Yep. Um, but they wouldn't chamber in the gun. Um, and he was trying to close the bolt. I said, don't don't bother trying to close the bolt. I said, it's not going to fit. I, I, I looked at it. I said, no, they're, they're far too long for that chambering, obviously. Right. And um, he said, well, these are ones he'd done up for his. He must have, maybe have another one. Um, he must have taken some of the guys from there hunting before um, over here once upon a time. And, um, yeah, so he must have another one. He said, well, it's, the other one's only two years old. And he said it takes this ammo just fine. So it seemed a bit weird that it wouldn't, that it chambered in one of the, yeah, one of the, um, one of the Gunworks guns and not, not this one. But anyway. I don't know. They seem, seem like not bad guns. I was quite um, surprised that they – actually, that's a point. Because they, they that wind mag must have been fired. Both of them had um, Carla's six, uh, 525 scopes on them. Yeah. And they were all a mower. Everything was an MOA. But it had the MOA in one turn on the top, but it had meterage down the bottom. But I don't know what fucking ammo it had the meterage turret done for, but obviously turned up the country like that. Unless they've got a load, they must have a load. Well, the, the yeah, recipe must give them for that gun. You did, you did mention the BDC turrets. I was like, well, yeah, but yeah. what, what will that have been set up for? Because they do do a service where, yeah, they set it up, mm. get the ammo, do the whole thing, do your turrets. 
but yeah, it's always going to be a case of it's if it's a, if it's a different ammo, you can't get that ammo in New Zealand. Then what what are you going to do? So yeah, um, you'd hope, I guess, for that case, you'd you'd almost have to just choose your uh, like a Hornaday Precision Hunter or mat, you know match low or something you're going to get anywhere in the world. There'll there'll be something they'll have set it up for. I didn't actually, have, but yeah, this is just I think all the ammo you can get at the time. So. Yeah, well that's um, it. And did, oh, anyway. No, you, no, you was a three hundred win. I was going to say I had a had a setup for a three hundred wisdom recently, and just at that point in the time, the guy's having trouble getting any factory ammo for it, which has now turned up. He's got a bit few different mm-hmm. options, um, but yeah, it's, you know, so. is, is PRC stuff turning up again? Are you guys able to get that? Look at that. Who's chuckling away there? <laughs> uh, Aaron's just returning my dog. He's been misbehaving. <laughs> My pooch decided it wanted to sleep in the main bed. Ah, uh, I t- totally found found interesting. Had a um, had uh, the guy I did a bit of work for hunting. He um, he, he was having tr- He's got a Sarko eighty five and three hundred wisdom, and he was shooting factory federal federal ammo that was running like a I think a Nosler ballistic tip one fifty grainer. Mm. And used to shoot it really, really well. And then the new, the latest stuff they'd changed, and it was the exact same bullet, everything, but it was in like a silver case. And wouldn't fucking shoot worth a shit. Like it went from sort of half inch to two inches. And it was no fucking good. And so I got him some factory Norma ammo with the same bullet, the same 150 grain uh, ballistic tip. Mm. And it shot. Very, very well, right back down to you know where it was before. Yeah, um, same bullet, but obviously they just changed the ammo. You know, still labeled the same thing, just had a different uh, a different colored case. It was a silver case instead of a gold. Hmm. Just maybe um, pushed it out of the the sweet spot of a node it was sitting in, or something. Well, it wouldn't, wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't shoot with the shit. So, yeah, and maybe the cases weren't meant to be silver. So, there was something horrifically wrong. Maybe. <laughs> mm. Not even close. Maybe it only likes diamond, diamond <laughs> um, uh, gold, gold plated fucking cases. Yeah. 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 It's just not big on the, the nickel, mm. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was interesting. And, and like, like I said to you, I was, I was interested to know how you found the stock. So I was quite, um, um, not surprised, but I was quite glad to hear you still prefer the local boys stock. So, Good. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, a... ergon- the economics of that stock is very similar to um, what Clive Judd's making. Um, yep. The same um, angle on the cheek, and um, you know, similar grip angle. It's probably slightly steeper in the in the uh, Gunworks ones. The, the the grips are a little bit slimmer. Yeah. But um, Clive's a bit fatter and was a bit nicer to a bit nicer to hold. But I mean, you know, my three thread edge is very similar. Gun. I mean, it's a you know, it's slightly different action, but it's, it's still, a, it's still a clone action, Remington clone action, um, with a yep. carbon fiber barrel, and yeah, it was, it was very similar. But I, I still find mine preferable to shoot. Um, to be honest, I found it a little bit nicer, but um, yeah, 
I'm sure at that level when nitpicking, I was explaining to somebody, I was saying something about the rifle I'd just set up for them and you, I have to kind of take a step back and, and kind of explain I'm nitpicking here. Mm. You know, I'm sort of said, oh, you could improve it by maybe doing this, but I'm saying that for what you use for a hunting rig, which is what you're going to use it for, it is perfectly fine and ignore everything I say and just go and shoot mm. some animals with it and don't worry about it. But we're always kind of evaluating as to what you do or how you'd fix things or not even fix, just upgrade stuff. So Yeah. They were running carbon fiber cans, which I've I've used one of those as New Zealand made can. I've used one of those before and I I'm not yeah, I'm not overly fast on them. I think they're quite noisy and they they don't really they they, they don't do a whole bunch. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think anyway. But um yeah. Is it a, is so it that, a case that, of going that's one thing? Is it a case of going light, 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 but actually starting to impact on the actual point of what it's meant to be doing? Yeah, I don't know. There's still some pretty light cans that do do some stuff. Mm. I mean, that that stealth can of Hardy's works pretty good. It's quite quiet. Um, I've used those a wee bit on on some other guns, and they are very quiet. Um, they're not too bad for weight, um, have you, but especially have you on used... a on a Magnum, they are quite quiet. And, yeah, you know, I... and, and, and realms of other stuff that I've seen used. As far as a Magnum can goes, they are probably one of the better ones. Because they've now, I think it was relatively new, they've brought out a model that seems to sit between their, the big stealth. Is it, is it called the Compact? What's the? Yeah, the Compact. It's, it's, it's an interesting one. So he's kept like the same six inches forward with like the stealth has. But yeah. He's only gone two inches back as opposed to six inches back. Because they're about, e- I think they're about even. They're either four to six inches okay. back and six inches forward. Um, so he's done that for keeping them pretty quiet, but able to make them fit on a short barrel. Yeah, um, better, which is not a bad way of doing. Yeah, um, well, good idea. A, I mean, more reduction is always good, but yeah, you get to the point where you've got yeah, if it's forcing out longer barrels, longer guns, or just more weight overall, or stuff mm. like that, it's it's always yeah. a bit of a balancing game between it, really. Hmm. I mean, volume is always going to give you um. Yeah, better, better sound. I still, was still. Yeah, I've 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 been thoroughly impressed with that bloody AEC. Oh yeah, those AECs are a bit different. That, those baffle oh, designs, are, yeah, they seem to a, work very well. It's only a muzzle forward, but it's still short, stubby. It was it SLI five. Four inches, four inches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are good. I use, I got a couple of them. I use them a lot. Yeah, thoroughly impressed with that over over what I've had on it previously. Yeah. Well, I did a. Was it, there's the five, there's a seven, and then I shot a. Uh, it was a TRG, one of the A1s with a. We got one of the Jet Compact, which mm-hmm. is just a bit slimmer than the seven. I think it is SL7I because I think it's the seven that comes with the TRG in the M10 configuration as the military version. Mm-hmm. So I said to yeah, them, they're about like, a six inch can here. Yeah. yeah, I said they're to him, I said to him the seven. Oh no, they're great. I said to him the seven is kind of the 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 what you would get if you had an M10. But then we saw yeah. the um, the um, Duncan set up the um, Jet Z, Jet Z, I think it is, to have a play with as well. And it was just like, yeah, a little bit slimmer, a little bit nicer looking, basically. And it's like, all right, cool. Happy with it. So, but yeah, mm. they are, the, those ASCs are uh, really nice cans. I'll put them on a few of the um, Taco ones and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Still I remember ones Torrington, are heavier, but them and, Torrington, them and the Oceanics, the, Oceania, the Oceania ones are pretty good. The old titanium, yeah. yeah, they're pretty quiet too for a bit. Oh, like, um, those SL sevens, 
I remember using on um, Torrington had a TRG 338 Lapua with an SL7 on it. And I remember shooting that a couple of times. I mean, you know, boot because it was a freaking 338 with a six inch can on it. It wasn't a very mm. big can, but quiet. Like, mm. fuck, you know, for the size of it, like it was, it was really quiet. I was, I was quite surprised. I kind of looked, I was like, it should make more noise than that from other big cans I've seen, that, you know, with one of those guns. I've, this I'm is like, hiding all that noise. Where is it putting yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> like, where are you stuffing that down your panties, you know? As opposed to the real question, am I going deaf? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's a, yeah. <laughs> I need hearing aids. Yeah. That's quiet. Everything's quiet. Everything's noisy, but that's quiet. Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I went, I went out to the range last week and I forgot my actual custom in here, so I went back to foam earplugs and I'm like, oh, I miss my, I miss my custom plugs. It's, it's, foamies are just not the same. No. They're all good. They serve their purpose and they're better than nothing, but, yeah, no, hearing protection and getting, you know, I like my hearing protection. Who did you customize? So a uh, guy up here, uh, Thomas from Acoustics, so they're, uh, what's the insets? Hang on. He does the molds. There's some guys down the line who actually make up the mold. He does molds of theirs. There's guys who do up the molding. And it's the A, I can't read that, a, ACS um, earpieces that go on it. Nice. Um, so, and they're the ones, I, it's a, I've had a couple of pairs off in the previous. I, I got used to get them off when I was still DJing and working in nightclubs because I'd wear earplugs in the nightclubs and on the motorbike. Oh. Um, but when I said I'll get some shooting ones, these the inserts are uh not customized, but they're they're um, they lean more towards a reduction into where you're going to get the crack out of of um, supersonic cracks and, and guns, basically. So they're they're tailored for firearms rather than oh. um, the whole thing like the the DJ ones were. Um, but yeah, the, it's been interesting because it's you just you become aware also of how much of a better seal they give you compared to some of just your generic earplugs. Oh. And most people don't put in very well anyway. They just go in rather than into your ear. Um, so these things, they feel like they're puncturing your brain, but um, you know that they've also sealed up your ear canal pretty well, so you don't have any bleed. And he's actually got a cool little gizmo. He places the um, replaces the plug with a, what is basically a little pressure generator, I suppose, and then measures um, how much of a seal you've got going on because it's all very well having great, actual inserts to do the job but if the seal for your earplug is not working like it should well it's just getting around it so oh. he's got a pretty cool do goo, uh, pretty cool gadget that actually tests that as well so yeah so there you go oh. local lad up here and now i just go i go there i just get a hearing test every year get my ears cleaned out and um get the uh, molds updated so nice um, what do they do to clean? What do they do to clean them out? Get the a fire hose and a toothbrush. Yeah, big fire hose. Yeah. <laughs> what? How, do you actually want graphic? How graphic they, details do, they, do you do, want? Oh, I, I'm, I'm interested in how they clean. Do, do they do that melted wax thing? In no, pull, shit. Pull no, 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 no. <laughs> you have done that, but then half the wax yeah. that you're pulling out is the wax in a candle that you're pulling out. No, it's yeah. um, it's partly manual, partly syringe. Um, yeah, it's right. or saline or water to flush it sometimes, and some of the bigger bits get picked out because I have my ears generate a lot of wax. So last time I so went, I'd, 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 the loudest stuff you're I'd, around, 
more the more it does. Yeah, it ended up I, it ended up being it being an excuse for being held <laughs> up. In, I see. I see you checking over your shoulder a lot while, while we're explaining this. Uh, yeah, well, I um no, I had a whack of wax pulled out of my ear that would have been bigger than the size of a pea. And when I I, was, I looked at it, I'm like, "You're kidding me that that's come out." Of it. He's like, "No, that's been sitting in there. It's, it's growing. You know, effectively, it's growing over the period of a couple of they years." Do they? I've I've had one just like fall oh, yeah. out of me once. I had yep. one just fall out. Like I was like, "Oh, I know what that tastes like." <laughs> <laughs> You're on form tonight. Um, no, just like everyone one day, I was like, what the fuck's that? It just fell yeah, out of my ear. And I was like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, different people, different people generate different amounts. But yes, apparently my my generate a huge amount. So I've gone to using eardrops. I, I set myself a reminder and try and keep it soft to keep the stuff moving out so I don't end up. But I said to him, so if it's built up enough this over a couple of years and now you've pulled it all out, I've kind of had a little bit of hearing protection permanently in there. And he's like, yeah. So, yeah, everything's – my hearing improved all of a sudden, but I was also aware that, yeah, actually I've lost my inbuilt hearing protection in the form of a goddamn huge wax buildup. Mm. So there you go. So, lads, go get your ears checked, cleaned, tested. You Unfortunately, you won't be able to use it as an excuse anymore, but it might surprise you to see the state of your ears if it's never been done. So, yeah. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. Well, that's why I was checking with Sam whether he wanted the extra details or not. But oh, I did notice um, yeah, the more time I spend on the range with the earplugs in and, and the earmuffs on, you do generate a hell of a lot more, more yeah. guns. Well, yeah, well, that's the that's the thing as well. Like, uh, so my mother was a public house, uh, public public house, public health nurse and Department of Labor. Osh, so she's had a lot of hearing. And yeah, all the all factory workers who are wearing earplugs all the time oh. are just. Uh, just compressing the wax in to the point it impinges your eardrums oh. and um, that's where you can actually it can start affecting you. So um, I'd, I'd get this weird thing now and then where um, there'd almost be like a pop and then there'd be a ringing would suddenly start in uh-huh. one of my ears and then dissipate. And I don't I don't think it was tinnitus. I believe that may have actually been it just shifting around and sitting basically on the eardrum and then kind of the brain readjusting to that. So I haven't had it since I've been getting them cleaned regularly. Oh. Um, and yeah, I suppose if you if you're a pest control company, it would technically be a claimable expense. And if you're working for a company, you might find that it's something that can go through the books as well, because it's you know, if you're hearing protection, it's a way to make sure that that's do, doing the other one they do is like warm water, and you just throw in some warm water in there. Yep, yep. It depends. It depends. <laughs> Sort get of someone else to do it, Sam. Yeah, get someone else to do it. Don't, don't syringe your own ears, Sam. I don't want to hear that story. Well, I do, I, I, but I don't because you will. But I don't. So don't boil the kettle and then spread it. Pour the funnel. Just throw tickets. Tonight, live, Sam. Maybe, maybe boiling water down his ears. We might try. We might try. Yeah, I got a funnel there. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's a um every six five case you need Sam. And you get it in yeah. there and you can swish it around. Use it as a No, I've got a I've got a loading funnel. No? <laughs> I've got a loading funnel. No, no, but for the scoop you need like a twenty two case on a stick. Oh yeah. <laughs> twenty two short. Do, you, do we put some powder down there and see if it works? Burn it out. Light it, light it, yeah, burn it out. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, okay. So I've got to put a disclaimer on this show. This is not as well. <laughs> None of us are medical exp- experts, so uh, please do not take anything we say as medical advice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Hey, good party trick. You could <laughs> once. So, um, how's it all going? The, the, they're all roaring around you, lads? Must be. Dan's had a good successful rule. Yeah. Yep. Good ones today. Oh, oh, here he comes. Is that your... Yeah, yeah, everything roaring down there, Sam? You've been out shooting? Um, Yeah, yeah, um, bucks have been croaking away pretty good. Um, Yeah, yeah, I was away, took took the kids away um, up to a place where I I worked um, for the weekend, for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. um, Yeah, my youngest fellow, nine-year-old, he got a he got a quite a nice nine point stag. Um, yeah, just one we're taking out of the gene pool up there. Yeah. Um, saw a bunch of nice twelves and some some pretty some decent stuff and there's some potential stuff. So um, yeah, there was not much happening um, next door. We're sort of on private land, but it, it, it bounded dock land, and um, there wasn't much roaring on the. Well, I didn't hear anything roaring on dock land. I've, I have hunted up in that before and have heard a lot of stags roaring, but they weren't. It was windy as fuck, so that didn't really help. Right. Um, but in saying that, um, I met Sam when I was coming up the hill. He he was coming down. He had a couple of guys with him. They just shot a spike on the dockland. And um, he told me like a couple of hours ago, they're walking in the bush in dockland and they roared a, an eight-pointer up to them. So um, oh, okay. he said they'd go nuts. But um, – yeah, first two days were just windy as hell, so not a lot of glory. Yeah. And um, yeah, Tuesday morning was just dewy and very cold, and and um, stags were just roaring everywhere. And um, yeah, roared a few and burped a few to Buddy Stoffman, and uh, had one for about three meters from in the bush, and he jumped out and off, and then I managed to roar him back. He couldn't get couldn't get between the trees because his antlers wouldn't go through them. He's like a sort of 30, 30 something odd, 35 odd point stag, and he was like stuck. He's like, I can't get through here. <laughs> so he had to come back down and turn and go around the bush. So, yeah, <laughs> stupid thing. But um, they, they've been in there for uh, some of the big, there's some quite big stags, and they've been in there for a year now. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that they've got, from when, you know, they usually put some big stags in there for, you know, Americans and stuff. You know, that, they just kind of go out and they just disperse a bit, but they kind of hang around a bit. Not that, you know, not that spooky, but by far, they've been in there a year and shit, they're sketchy things. Right. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're completely turned into wild stags now. Like they, you know, like they see you and they fucking bolt up and they look and then they bloody quickly trot behind a bush and poke their head out to have a bit of a look. Like, yeah, they've become quite spooky. It's quite, quite uncanny. Hmm. Um, That's good. Yeah. That's how they're gonna. And then, and then, yeah, you see some of the wildy ones, and the wildies kind of walk around, not too worried about life at all. Um, <laughs> probably, probably figure those are the ones that are going to get taken out because they've been released out yeah. there. So, like, ah, yeah. that's all right. They're going to nail that yeah. one first. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. Oh, but no, kids, kids loved, kids loved it. They stayed in the hut and. Um, yeah, run to yeah. I, we, we would have seen, I don't know, probably one, two, 
three, four, five, six, seven, probably about eight wild stags. Yep. And I think there's only there's only about five or six of the um, big fellas left in the block, all in another block now. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're all scattered out, but yeah, just a few hinds here and there. It's good. Go, we ran to a fellow buck that was chasing some does around. He was croaking. He was running like, like they come running around underneath him. Like he was full hard after them, mm. croaking, you know, chasing like folk. So it was good fun. Well, I know that the fellows up here have started, they've been, well, they've been roaring, I think, for a week or so now, and a few good fights going on. When I was up there, I just visited Bounderground for a bit and just watched them. Yeah. That was, it was a, it, yeah, it was on. So, and I've been setting up a couple of rifles of guys. One guy's heading down Stewart Island at the end of the week. Boys are going to be down there, so the guys down there. So, yeah. it's on. I can see, yeah, you know, good old social media. Everyone's, there are people pulling animals out, so that's good, and no incidences, so that's even better. So long might stay that way. Yeah, well, Nick and I sat on a rut pad a week ago, and they were all they were croaking like mad. There was a right bloody old um, mm. run around fest going on there, wasn't there, Nick? Yeah, there's. Um, it's a bit yeah, early. For, it was a bit early for them actually. They haven't really. Mm. Um, they were going. They were going nuts though. Yeah, I know. Video. I got some good videos. So freaking yeah. Well, they weren't really going nuts. You haven't seen that rat pad when it is going nuts. That's quite scary. Um, but the, um, he doesn't yeah, take you when it's really going off, year. Sam. Only when it's kind of quiet. No, no. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of quiet. It was only be like, what, it'd be like a football game. And it was only, <laughs> there was only, what, 60-odd animals there that day. So. Oh, is that all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, there was only like 30 bucks there. Yeah, yeah 30 bucks and 35-odd uh, <laughs> hinds. The... Um, but no, it is early this year for them up here. They're normally, um, normally a bit later on. Mm. Probably next week, I would have expected them to be hooking into it. But no, they've they've uh, the weather's right. It's all strange. It hasn't really been cold enough either. It's been very warm. But, mm. Mm, but they uh, they don't seem to get that telegraph when they're into it. Mm. <laughs> no one gave them the message that they were no. right. Not really. No. Uh, so I see you put some uh, the 2021 training calendar up as well. Yeah, well, half of it. We've <laughs> 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 got the precision rifle courses uh, loaded up on the website. So that's the level one and two. Yeah. Um, going up um, next to go up is the we've got a world record attempt in June. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the end of July is the first of our matches with the team match, um, teams match, and then the 22 shoots are on. Um, so, yeah, the, the courses, the first of the courses are up, the matches are going to go up next, and then the events will follow. So, yeah, slowly learning this uh, how to populate websites and manage manage entries on a, on, a, on multiple um Activities at the, on the same site. So. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, gonna, just before I jumped on, I decided to do a few, you know, spontaneous updates on the site as well. And then you realise, oh, I just broke something else when I did that. So I better go fix that now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. No, we got a we got a pretty cool plan. Um, course of fire for the um for the teams matches here. It's going to be mm. a, bit, a bit different than than any other teams matches we've ever been to. The way we're gonna, way we're gonna do it, and the 
yeah, it's, it should be it should be really fun. Um, we'll put some more details out about it later. <laughs> I was going to say, but, um, I, I, yeah. yeah, he's going to read me into it. it he's going to read me into it one day. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a mixture. There's going to be a mixture of two different two different um, two different uh, courses that we that we run. There'll be a mixture of the two and a team's dynamic. It'll be a, it'll be quite good. The base premise will still be, will still um, hold in that uh, in that if you don't communicate well with your partner, you're going to struggle on some of them. Yeah, mm. yeah. Which is the you'd hope is one of the key aspects of any team thing that you've got to work as a team. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, the next couple of weeks I'll have a little bit more clarity as what's happening long term with me, and I can actually start planning a proper trip down there. So. Like I said, Nick, yeah. we might be able to like do half work, half half shoot a comp and everything all in one go. So yeah, get a tax deductible course as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the eighteenth of uh, so it's going, what's it going that way and that way and that yeah, way both way. ways, as Blair would say. Yeah, that way, happy to go way. either way. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's yeah, so happy. June nineteenth, twentieth uh, of June is the um, is the record event. Uh, oh yeah. So that's. Uh, you got guys showing an interest in coming down and doing that already, or? Um, yeah, there's always interest in that. The um, it'll be uh, a lot better. Um, hopefully, we can get some of those uh, some of those Australians that we've missed seeing for a couple of years. Mm. True, um, actually, might be able to might be able to sneak over for it. Um, so yeah, the, it'll be good to see some of those internationals back. With, um, well, that was it. A lot of it, the, yeah, it started seeing more faces. More. There's always been a few guys heading over, and the lads from New Caledonia have always been floating yeah. around as well. So, mm-hmm. and then suddenly, yeah, it gets going, and then it all stops. And yeah, well, hopefully, first step of opening back up again. But yeah, to the, um, you know, this will be the first winter one I've held. Um, the aim is to do one in the winter and one in the summer, so we get the the uh, the best of both both weather cycles. Mm. Or the worst of both weather cycles. Uh, well, yeah, I suppose what well, winter is going to be. Temperature has dropped. Uh, air pressure is therefore lower. No, hang on. Uh, humidity will be, in theory, higher. Geez, higher, which will actually love- make things easier for slippery. But oh, Jesus, I love listening to all theories. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. It's all theories. Well, like, I was talking yeah. to somebody about this. We there may deep. be sun, there may be rain. <laughs> there may be sun, might be rain. Bullets will go through air. Um, <laughs> pointing at targets. I was, I was talking to somebody excited. about it. I'm excited was, about the winter one because um, that that's still air that you get at dawn. Yes. Um, mm. Dawn and dusk. That happens at about like eight o'clock as opposed to half past three. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, the winter yeah. one's my favourite one because you get a, get a, you get to sleep on a bit. <laughs> Good working times. You get a bit earlier, but the um, yeah, the, the one in them one in December. So yep. each year, and we'll uh, we'll keep uh, keep plugging that until we um, yeah, until we start shattering all the records and keep extending them. So. And it's uh, reefed in this weekend, is it? Yes, Reefton's the swimming competition that's on this weekend. What? Uh, swimming? Yeah, there's full rain. Forecast. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that'll be good to see if anyone brings out a super tight tolerance gun that maybe doesn't work as well as it was intended to when it starts to get rain. Instead of a shooting mat, I'll take a rubber dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh... Mandatory life vests on the shooting line. Mm. 
Yeah, no, it'll be um, so it starts tomorrow. Um, brief was at lunchtime. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. He's, oh, he's holding that's it right. That's right. It's Friday tomorrow. Holy yeah. crap! Hold oh. it, it over three days. So we might need all three days with this weather forecast. Yeah, my little girls have got a school disco tomorrow night, so that'll be exciting. That's my world of excitement. Mm-hmm. Cooper's just come back from a disco tonight. Mm. Party, party. Mm, high school disco. Mm. Yeah. I got asked whether I wanted to work on the door. I'm not quite sure if they're ready for that yet. They were asking you <laughs> to do the – they're asking you to spin the, the thing. Mix, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – I um, think I might turn that down if somebody asked it. Yeah, yeah. My brother My brother got married on the weekend. And, um, um, yeah, he did some disc things going there. The fella in, in the – the, Digital disc thing, so my youngest yeah. he comes up and he's sitting there eh, 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 on it. And they were I, did, I think I did. I never did a wedding. No, I never did. No, I didn't do a wedding. I knew some guys who were actually proper mobile DJs, and I always deferred over to them because there's a different breed between a club DJ and a mobile DJ. Because you know, uh, I did one. I got ringed into a. It was a birthday party for a. I don't know, eighteen year old maybe. 18-year-old girl, 20-year-old, or whatever it was. But I got after I got the same request for it was a Madonna song or something about 10 times in a row, I was like, never, ever, ever doing this again. And, uh, yeah. It was a Madonna like, like a virgin or something. It was something like that, which, which <laughs> for an 18-year-old. Anyway, um, but, yeah, I was like, yeah, no, I, I can't do requests. This is, it was going to drive me by me. So I was like, no, nah, I don't even care what the money's like. It's just not, not, not what I'm in it for. So Chicken dance, come on. Hey. Chicken dance. Yeah. Chicken dance, yeah. Well, that's probably a bit. That yeah, would be the irony now. I, could, I probably, with the amount of kids' music I've listened to in the last five or six years, I probably could play like a kids' party better than I could probably what popular club music is these days. Mm. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> so, no, I won't be doing that. However. So, yeah. So, that's all good. So, yeah, you've got that this weekend. Anything else coming up? you got your shoots? you just the... Um. No, next level one precision rifle one course is next weekend. Oh yes. Um, and yeah, I only opened up the advertising for it today, so hopefully we fill that course. Um, on that, no, it's just the uh, um, pest control and um, meat hunts open up. We'll open up our meat hunts and and it's and guiding again after Anzac Day. Oh yeah. Um, and back on. Um, yeah, no, I've got I've got Australians coming in oh two weeks no next week week after start of our so start well, of our hunting clients come back in so yeah got, I'll probably be a pretty full month next month we got yeah they're all starting to book flights so hmm. yeah. It's on. yeah. Well, it's good. Yeah, I suppose timing, yeah. timing wise, they'll be able to catch the end of the raw, which is just it'll work out. Yeah, well, not even the end yeah. of it, like the beginning of it. Really, it'll be yeah. perfect it'll timing. Be, it'll be good. Excellent. Um, yeah, you get some big ass fellow to shoot and yeah, get into the reds. So, hmm, about. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to do because of where I'm normally shooting is we're just going to give that a break. I'm actually I'm actually going to go down to a range. I haven't actually shot at a range other than the private one I've been at for quite a long time. So I'm going to go visit one of the deer stalkers and catch up with those lads. Oh. A few rifles to set up and catch up with them, see how they're going. So, hmm, that'll be good. 
Yeah. Deer stalkers range during the raw. That'll be a, a quiet place, won't it? <laughs> You'd think so. But uh, really, I mean, the thing is, I guess, there's always, you've always got, like with a lot of the deer stalkers, we are, obviously, it's in the name, right? They're all deer stalkers. But a lot of the ranges, most of the guys shooting there are actually target shooters these oh. days. You get, you get, yeah, you get that. There's a couple of weeks before the raw gets going or just as the raw starts where it gets stupid because everyone's realised the gun's not zeroed and they're all trying to pack in the last moment to do that, which, yeah, okay. Um, but you're right, it'll be quite – I reckon there'll be – I'll probably know a lot of the faces there for guys always there and just happily the guys, old fellas who just potter away testing a load or just shooting some twenty two or something like that. There, there's a few, you know, regulars, no doubt. So. We'll see. We'll see. And who knows? I may get off my ass and actually get out into the bush somewhere and try and shoot something. Maybe. We'll catch up on sleep. There's two options. Nice. <laughs> All right, lads. So, yeah, quiet one tonight. But for the guys tuning in, thank you very much. Whether it's live or on podcast, do hit us up. I'm sure as the lads kind of start tuning up from everywhere, we may have a AAR. Well, yeah, I know uh, Ian's heading down. He was heading down today, I think, down that way for the shoot as well, and there's a few lads yeah. going down. So we'll see. Next week we might have an AAR, although everyone might get back from that and disappear off for a hunt. We'll see. What's an AAR? Sorry, after, after action report. Re- oh, review is the official review. Yeah. I've always said report, but it, I'm going to take it off. It can be review. That's all right. Yeah, you're getting us to write it down on paper, eh? Get out your crayons, Nick. Break out the crayons. crayons. Uh, Draw me a picture, Nick. And the facts and and what it looks like on the other side. Yeah, we want want a picture of your ping pong uh, exploits, Sam. Well, I think you're going to you're going to send me do pictures of what um, your chickens were like when you um, when they when they came at you with the fucking knives, (laughs) kung fu chickens. Used to be a Were they like doing like um you know um what do you call it matrix freaking things? Dude, up, up missing in your Auckland, bullets man, like they're armed. They've got like little switchblades and shit like that, you know, and a real bad yeah. attitude. Yeah, yeah. Good. There's a good argument being able to carry around a sidearm just to defend yourself against. Are they? Are they is there a breed of them that's up there that's <laughs> the pain in the ass, or is it just like random? Uh, it's the breed that people may have released. Over years, in oh, areas. are they brown Those ones or white ones? Brown, white. We shot all. Are they, are they like your traditional kind of, you know, these orangey browny things, or are they like those fucking um, exotic looking? No, no, no. They're not bantams. They're not. They don't get that yeah. fancy, but they're not. They're not yeah. your stock standards. They're yeah. Uh, sometimes I think they're the ones that you know. Are they black? How they, are, they, are they black ones? Are they like ninja chickens? Ninja. Yeah. They, well, no, they're wearing masks. Obviously. <laughs> You know. Oh, they're the ones that have that purpley sheen to the feathers and the big red beak. <laughs> <laughs> look like Pukekos. Look look like Pukekos, oh, yeah, but yeah. bigger. That's uh, that's uh hence yeah. no, Takahe. Which is um always a good good thing to bring up at a deer stalkers meeting up here as well. Anyway, so thanks very much, lads. I'll catch up with everyone next week. Thanks for listening to the show. Please, if you enjoyed it, make sure you're subscribed either by your podcast app of choice or by heading on to precisionshooter.co.nz and subscribing. 
Even better, if you want, you can support us directly by joining up, which also gets you access to all the articles and members-only content not only on Precision Shooter, but also thebloke.co.nz. Thanks again for listening in, and uh, until next time, have a good one.